Welcome to the Gut Feelings Podcast, where we have unfiltered conversations about real life with IBD. And we unpack IBD nutrition and make it less stressful. Hey. Hello. I just want to say, Rebecca, I'm the drink that I'm drinking right now is... Is Olipop. No, it's not Olipop this time. <laughs> it is... I made like a hot cocoa sort of thing, so I did cacao powder and then I found something this is a Rebecca find you you got me on to Almhurst that that oh. brand of nut milks well they had a creamer it was it's a Ooh. pistachio creamer and so I oh. put that in the um the the drink and it's so good I've never had that before. <laughs> you got to try it. It's, it's, it was amazing. If you, I really like that, that cashew milk that we tried that one time. I was like, wow, this is oh. like next level for sure. Yeah. As you just said that, I was thinking like you can make a cup of this Elmhurst cashew milk and then add some cinnamon to it. And it's like this little Ooh. nice after dinner kind of dessert type of thing. Or cardamom. I've never had cardamom before. Really? Yeah. You got to try it. You got to try it. I mean, I use cardamom for nausea with people, but I love the taste. I love the taste of cardamom. Wow. They put it in like, they put it in a lot of Thai dishes and like stick, sticky mango rice and yeah. Maybe I've had it before, just didn't realize it. I'll have to check that out. That's fun. I Or even, or even if you make like a warm cup of, maybe I'll make this tonight, like a warm cup of cashew milk. With like the cocoa, the cocoa powder, and then add some cinnamon. Mm. That sounds really good. Wow. Like a little like hot chocolate drink. Yeah, I promise this is not an ad for Elmhurst. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, totally not. Sponsored. We don't get sponsored, but but man, yeah, it, I I love sharing good finds, you know, because it's nice when you can find something that's tolerable. Plus, plus maybe it you know won't taste good like. That's a must, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I always get really excited when I see new things. And you're pretty good at finding new, like, brands and stuff like that. Like, just stuff that you come across. I'm, I'm always looking for new things because it's like, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of times with IBD, it's hard to it's hard to find a brand that I like and that tastes good. And is also for me IBD friendly. Yeah. Like for what I want, for what I want for myself, you know? And it's just, it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah, I agree. I do like finding stuff. And, and last night, last night, I went grocery shopping again. And I always get excited when I find, and I found, I found a couple of new things. I actually love grocery shopping, particularly when I'm alone grocery shopping, because then. And not, and not hungry, right? Because <laughs> when you're with people, they can check you and they can be like, do you really need that? You know, but when you're by yourself, there's no one there to tell you <laughs> it's not a good oh, idea. Yes, I need this. <laughs> what? You get to decide. It's it's great, you know. Or you have that conversation with yourself. Like, do you really need this, Ashley? Yes. And then you say, yes, Ashley, <laughs> do need this. <laughs> yeah, so. I do that too. And then I come home and Joey's like, what? what's this? Ooh, 
what's that? <laughs> I know it's so fun. And yesterday I, okay, I spent $210 at Sprouts. Oh, That's wow. a lot of money. And for, they started charging for bags and, and they were like, do you, do you want, do you want a bag? They're 10 cents. And I was like, no, no. Um, I'll just, so I, I grabbed one at like the dollar one. Cause I was like, I can fit a lot more in this one. So I'll just spend a dollar. And, and they're like, okay, it's filled off. Do you want to purchase some more bags? And I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. I can, I can fit it in. Mm-hmm. And it was just so funny. It's funny how like, you know, I, you can spend like $210 on like all this stuff. And then when it comes to like a 10 cent bag, you're like, no way I can, I can carry this out, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of the time I lived in California and it's like, except the way that I look at it is, oh, wow. I just dropped a bunch of money at this grocery store and now I'm going to be charged for bags. Right. Like, no, no, I I can carry this. I'll just individually carry it out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, and then you try to be like superwoman, you know, like, I got this, I can carry this, you know, (laughs) the things that we try to do. So we were talking before we got on about updates and where we're at. And I was sharing how right now I'm struggling with sleep because it's summer, because it's so hot outside that you can't do anything until like later on at night. And so like literally till sunset, like in Texas, you know, it was like a hundred, it was over a hundred yesterday. And so it just feels it's like next level sort of heat. Like you feel like this feels a little dangerous. <laughs> you know, if you're trying to work out outside, you're like, ah. Uh. Yeah, probably not a good idea. No. Right, yeah. So so yesterday mm-hmm. I did work out at like around sunset, which, you know, that's like 8.30 or 9. But then that means you do one thing, like go to the grocery store and then it's 10. And then you're like, well, great. Now I'm hungry because I worked out. And then you're looking at, okay, now I'm eating at 10. And then now I have to have time to digest or like sit down and not do anything. And so (laughs) therein lies the dilemma with like summertime I I struggle with in that regard with like cooking and just making sure I'm getting enough. Because I don't know about anyone here or you, Rebecca, but like morning times are difficult for workouts for me. Have you experienced that or do you like, what's your favorite time to work out or when do you prefer? Yeah. I mean, I'm actually the opposite. I, I like working out in the morning and the thing is it's weird. Um, when I wake up, I have to go to the bathroom like two to three times before I leave. Like that's kind of like, I wake up at seven, seven thirty, and like after being awake for five minutes, I have to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, that's, that's always been kind of my, issue with with UC it's always been like the urgency that I got to go to the bathroom like that's always been me always so it's still kind of like that except it's just in the morning and then maybe I'll have another one like later on in the day before I go to sleep which is kind of odd like I always thought okay well this is weird and new but I really like morning workouts just to kind of get it out of the way but I have noticed that with extreme heat it really affects my, my energy yeah. level. So I can understand like how, you know, just the tiredness and, you know, and then you're waiting to go work out until it's like, you know, a little cooler out. And, but then that makes you stay awake. And that's, that's, yeah, that right there that I've done that before in the past. And that was like a real lesson learned, <laughs> like do not work out later on. Cause then you won't go to sleep. 
maybe that was my problem. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that was my problem last night. Yeah. And then I've done like a midday sort of thing too. And that's really nice when you can do like middle of the day, just break up your day with a workout. But Mm -hmm. it's not Mm -hmm. really an option for everybody, you know, because it's so, yeah, not everyone's working from home all the time. Yeah, everyone, everyone's really different depending on their, you know, on their routine. I mean, before I was diagnosed with UC, I was also working out early in the morning because I would, I would go to my, my nine to five job, basically. And I remember I'd have to like go at 5am, 5.30am, because I had like a bunch of, like a lot of urgency, like just I had to go and I had to go. And then it's like, okay, I'm gonna eat a little something. And then I'll go work out. Now I don't have to wake up quite as early to do that because my UC is in a better place. But it wasn't it wasn't very easy. And the nighttime was really rough too. I remember like learning, okay, realizing nighttime workouts are not for me. And that also will stimulate bowels, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there is a good time, honestly. I mean, like more – I used to – I I like mornings too. It's just I always it just takes me so long to work out. You know, even even with my UC being very stable, it's like you still have like I'll still have to have my morning bowel movement, and then my second morning bowel movement, and the food, and then it's like oh man, mm-hmm. <laughs> drain. You know, yeah, it's like it takes so much mental energy to figure out how you're going to actually do your workout and you haven't even done it yet. You know, and it's like, oh my God, this is like the pre-workout, the pre-pre-workout of thinking like, what am I even going to do to survive? You know, I mean, I do some really crazy classes and I wasn't always like this. I mean, that's not true because I used to run like you, Ashley. So that was like, you know, go, go, go. But I started doing more of like these, like upping my yoga game, but I'm like really upping it. Mm. And Oh, man. I mean, I, you know, I look at the people around me in the class and I'm just like, I mean, I take frequent breaks because I can't do the whole thing. You know, it's just like I feel my body like, okay, Becca, you need to like chill out for a second. And I'm like looking around and thinking, man, I wish I could just like do this whole class like all these girls can. And then, of course, the comparison comes in. But then I thought, you know what? Everyone has their own thing. And this is just where I'm at right now. You know, so comparing... Comparing does not help. You want to know something that's really interesting? I found out that my instructor for one of these classes that I absolutely love also has ulcerative colitis. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But this instructor is not on any medication right now and kind of in that phase of, I don't know if I want to do that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So totally. It's understandable. Yeah. It's. It's it's a hard it's hard to take in all of the the new stuff that comes with IBD. It's a process mm-hmm. for sure, and like everyone is in their own journey. Like everyone has their own place, and you know, for some people, they're you know ready to have that conversation with their doctor, and some people, some people are not. And I mean, hi, that was me for like so many years. You know, like oh, someone told me I had hemorrhoids. Okay, I am set on that. I have hemorrhoids. You know, yeah. I'm going to avoid doctors at all costs. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I, I can definitely relate. I mean, that was me for about almost 10 years. Well, nine, I mean, eight I, nine I, years. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what it would have been like if we were in each other's lives at that time. 
And we're just like, oh, yeah. You know? I would have been like, oh, yeah, Ashley, me too. Are you like, yeah, we don't need to go to the doctor, right? No, no, we're so young. Like, <laughs> we run. Like, we're fine, right? We're healthy. Yeah. We, we need a great diet and we're, yeah, we're athletes. So why not? So this is us like 10 years ago, I'm guessing, like when we were. Oh, 100%. Okay. Yes. This is like when we are just like in the thick of denial. Hmm. 10 years ago. That that it feels like 20 years or 20 or 30 years were squeezed into that period for me really yeah, it feels like a long well, time because like so much has happened in that time so much why? has happened so much transformation in myself like and in my life and so much is different than it was back then so it yeah it feels like a whole nother world like a whole nother self wow would you want to go back to that person like what like what would you tell that person like Ashley prior to UC diagnosis well that would be 20 uh oh prior so prior would have been 2010 2011 gosh I don't know that's so hard to say because I would have been in a way different headspace you know I would have the would be so off radar back then back in 2010 I was interested in being a sports dietitian so I didn't think I was capable or like of having some kind of diagnosis like that I thought it was so outside of me or out of the realm of possibility you know as an athlete and as somebody who really prioritized health you know as an athlete it's just a different way of thinking you know even with sports dietitian sports dietitian like thinking like that is just such a different way of approaching nutrition than, you know, say like clinical or, you know, that, that realm. So I don't know, it would have been so such a different mindset. I don't know if there is really anything that I would be receptive to hearing about that at that point. You know, the coming to acceptance with IBD and the fact that like, that would totally change my future with running or my future in general like that would have been really hard to take in like the thought of like oh you're it's not gonna end that way and you're gonna have this one thing the rest of your life that you're thinking about often like that would have been so off my radar yeah it would it would have been devastating to have to think about that like at first of course now I feel a lot more at peace with everything but but back then that would have just been like, what, you know, no way, no way would that happen, you know? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting how like, you know, age is a huge factor in the diagnosis piece. Yeah. I mean, when I kind of look at it, like, you know, what would I tell myself at age 27 when I first developed these symptoms, I, I did what a typical 20 year old would do. And that's just like, leave me alone. I'm going to live my life. You know, like I'm in my 20s and I just want to have fun. And that's that's what I did, except it carried on and it carried on and it didn't stop. And then mm -hmm. as I got older and more mature, quote unquote mature, <laughs> I'm still not that mature. I started spiralizing. You know, I'd like sit on the couch and literally think I'm I was dying. Mm -hmm. Like something is going on with me. I'm too scared to get help. I'm too scared to get a colonoscopy. So that was when you were diagnosed yeah. and you were diagnosed, no, you were diagnosed two years ago, right? 
Yeah, two years ago I was diagnosed. I wasn't diagnosed just yet. I was, at this time, I was like now 30, but I would be on the couch with Joey and I would just start crying and spiralizing and panic. And I'm, you know, I would tell him like, I'm, I'm bleeding. Why am I bleeding? Like what's going on? And Joey would just say, you know, remember the doctor told you that you, you know, probably have hemorrhoids and IBS and it's probably your hemorrhoids, you know? And that's like, that's what I've been, I was told, I was told that from multiple doctors because I didn't report of being in any pain. I didn't report of having of having any significant weight loss. But, you know, sometimes I'll look at photos from when I was like 26, 27, and I noticed that I was very thin, like thinner than usual. So that would have been 10 years and, ago, right? Yeah. yeah, so this would have this would have been t- this would have been 10 years ago and you know, there is this one photo that I'm thinking of and I just like think back about how thin I looked and it just didn't, it didn't look right. And knowing me at that age, I just ignored everything. You know, I just like thought whatever, you know? So we, so yeah, around that time I was going through something similar, Uh, like around 2013. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Around 2013, I have a picture of myself from organic chemistry. I found this the other day where, which I can post it for those interested, but yeah, it was just like crazy to think like I had lost so much weight. It wasn't like at my lowest, but it was still like low enough, you know? Yeah. It was low for you where you knew. I remember it got, my weight got really low, like two or three years later. It was just scary. I felt, you know, at that point I felt kind of like I was so terrified by like the sudden weight loss and how, and I had never experienced fear like fear around it before until like that moment like previously I had just you know just lost weight but it was like slow and steady but then there's just like huge drop off where it was like whoa it just felt like you were disappearing you know and that that was just terrifying to me it really honestly changed my perspective on things too like really helped me to in a way, not that you need to go through this to come to this reasoning, but in a way, because of the amount of weight I lost, it it made me realize how in the years prior where, you know, I would, would have been trying to lose weight or be more athletic or whatever, it really made me appreciate my body more and appreciate it's okay to have more on me. In fact, I want more on me because I, because I don't want to go through that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's actually kind of healing in that regard to just come to that um, appreciation for myself and my body. And That's awesome. Yeah, sometimes you have to go through stuff to really see things for what they are, you know. Yeah, that's that's really great that you were able to kind of have that appreciation outlook based off of where you were before to now and just have that gratitude, you know. Like, I am so grateful that I'm able to keep my weight on, you know, I'm grateful that I, my body is in a good place right now. That's all really important to, to think about. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy to think back about like how long it was and just all the emotions that I, that I went through. And I know that you went through too, just like all the different, you know, the fears, the uncertainty, the, the what ifs. And, you know, if I, if I were to, tell myself even seven years ago or six years ago 
hey, get that colonoscopy and do what you need to do. Absolutely. Like I would, I would tell myself like you, you need to do it, you know? And I think I was just, I was just really like in this game of, of life with myself. Like, like how scared can I actually get until I, until I do something, you know, I was like playing that kind of game because what would happen is I would have two days of just these terrible symptoms, no pain though. Well, one day I had really crazy pain, but I thought it was like food poisoning, Mm -hmm. you know? And, but I would have two days of symptoms and then all of a sudden it would just go away. And like my only symptom was rectal bleeding. So it wouldn't entirely go away, but I would justify why I wouldn't need a colonoscopy. And it just made myself feel so much better, you know? And I knew in my, in the back of my mind that even though the doctors told me I had hemorrhoids and IBS, I knew that it was more than that. I I did because I remember looking up online at the time, learning what proctitis was and thinking, oh shit, like that is me. You know, like, oh, my God, I can relate to this. But I didn't really tell anybody. Yeah. But I I can also relate to that part of you that was just, like, going with it. Because you're being told from people that everything's fine, too. You're being told, you know, I was being told, you know, no, this this is just anxiety. It's, like, you know, it's, it's just hemorrhoids. Like, you're being told that from multiple sources. And so... I think the normal thing to do is to sort of go with it for a while too, you know, I think that would be very normal and very expected. Yeah. Plus, you know, your first encounter with the GI kind of sets the tone for your journey, whatever that may look like, you know? So my first GI was grossed out when he did a rectal exam on me because of what happened, but hello, you're, you're a GI and you're doing a rectal exam at like four years. Wait, really? Oh yeah. Yeah, he got grossed out. He like him and his him and his assistant had to leave the room. And that's so unprofessional. Did they They're say like, anything? All you know, it's interesting because all he said was, Yeah, you probably have some hemorrhoids in there. I see that you're bleeding, so we'll have to schedule a sigmoidoscopy, but you probably have hemorrhoids. And I was going to do the sigmoidoscopy. I remember a friend of mine came with me. We were gonna get the prep together. She was you know, she was gonna be there with me. But he never showed up. Like I called and I wanted to confirm our appointment and I was told, oh, he can't do it. Someone else is going to have to do it for you. I'm like, what? No. So I canceled it. And then the second doctor that I saw told me that I wasn't normal because I mentioned about having bleeding and she's like, well, you're not normal and you need to do something about it. And I'm like, okay. She said you're not normal? Yeah. She told me that I was not normal. Yeah. And my mom was actually in there and she was just like, what? Like, what? Like, what is, you know, like, what is this woman saying? Like, we were kind of shocked at this, at, at this doctor. And meanwhile, she closed her practice down, which I'm not that surprised about. And then after seeing her, I probably saw two more, no, three more, three different, three other different GIs until I finally really hit, I, I got hit really hard with it, where it was like, oh my God, okay, this is actually not improving. Now I'm in pain. Now I'm losing weight. Okay, something is wrong. This is not happening. Yeah. And that's like, you know, 2021 when this happened. Wow. So like, I gotta, I gotta do something, you know, like I don't look like myself. I'm getting pale. You know, my hair is really thinning out. I'm losing a lot of weight. And that was, I remember, you know, and I still have some of those photos too. And, you know, looking back on it, it's, I mean, I, I actually, I don't know if I share this with you, Ashley. And, you know, I think we should probably put like a, maybe a, a warning on our, 
on this podcast today since we're talking about weight and you know that might that might be a trigger for some but you know I have these pair of pants that I wore when I was 18 and I still have them with me and before diagnosis they fit me okay you know I mean they were still a little tight on me but they still fit me overall when I was in the thick of my flare I decided for me to determine how much weight I've lost because I was too scared to go on a scale I took out these jeans and they were loose on me. And that's when I got, like, I was freaked out. I'm like, I got to see a doctor. Like, this is really bad. Hmm. You know? Yeah. And so now, yeah. And so now when I put the jeans on, they're like, they can't even button. Like, <laughs> they're just like, I'm like, okay, good. This is, this is good. Like, I'm happy about that, you know? But, but yeah, it's just scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all have our, our stories and how we were diagnosed and, I can just say today, I'm very grateful that I have the answers that I know I should have had many years ago. I know I should have, but it's a new chapter of my life and I'm, I'm very grateful. And I'm, and I'm really happy for you too, Ashley, that, you know, you're on a pretty good path. You have a, you know, a great treatment team I meant to say team, not treatment, but you do, you're, it sounds like you have a pretty good treatment too. And that's all really important. And something that, you know, we always advocate for our patients is getting that right mm-hmm. team for them, for that person. Yeah. I mean, in two, when I look back, I also think, had I not gone through some of the difficulties that I did, and it, it, I would have never been as motivated as I am today to help other people not go through that. <laughs> To, to really understand how how difficult things can get, you know, when you have IBD or you know, even just watching watching what my cousin went through years ago, you know, experiencing some of the hardships of, you know, not having access to meds and not having access to really good care. I mean, it it's definitely impacted me in a way that I would have never had these same feelings or drive to help others, you know, had I not experienced it myself in in the depths that I did, which, you know, in that, in that sense, I, I'm grateful that, you know, to have sort of transformed that pain into, into something that is helpful so that maybe new people that are diagnosed now will, you know, have resources and we'll have people by their side and people to say, hey, maybe we should get a second opinion and push for answers rather than sit back like they want you to do. Or, you know, I'm so grateful that knowing now where, where things are at, like it's just, I would have been so thrilled 10 years ago to know that that this is happening now, <laughs> you know, to know that like we're actively participating and helping so many people with that journey, with even just talking about it, you know, even just having someone to talk to that can, can kind of help, help you see things that maybe you didn't see before or help you direct, kind of direct your path a little bit. You know, we don't work with every single person we talk to. Um, A lot of people, we just help find their next step. You know, we might just help them find a good GI or like, you know, it's instead of being dismissed, like, Hey, I mean, I can think of countless people that maybe we didn't work with them direct, but we've given them one or two resources that have been life-changing. Even just our blog. Just our blogs aren't always the best source of nutrition insight, but we do get emails here and there just saying, you know, like I did this, these one or two things and like game changer, you know? (laughs) So yeah, I would have, yeah, I would have been absolutely thrilled to know 
like where things are now. And I, I am thrilled. I'm still thrilled now to know, like, I, there's still way more that I would like to do and change, but, but still it's just such a, an honor and a pleasure to be able to help people like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when people ask me, you know, I, I met somebody the other day and she's like, Oh yeah. So what do you do? And I told her I'm a dietitian and you know, I, I help patients like myself with IBD. And, you know, as I'm saying that, I just feel this, like, just this like feeling of like, I am doing what I am, what I've been meant to do for so long. You know, wow. like I've always, mm-hmm. I've always had an interest in GI always, like even before I became a dietitian, before I met Joey and then, you know, Joey coming to my life, having Crohn's, you know, and then just kind of experiencing my own gastro issues and, you know, as I'm explaining to people about, you know, Crohn's and colitis dietitians and just, just how I even talk about it. I just feel that special. I have that special feeling of I'm doing what I am meant to do. And there is literally nothing else that I should be doing that's mm-hmm. as fulfilling as this because it, it 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 won't be as fulfilling as this right like this is so personal yeah yeah I, d- I definitely cherish it and I don't take it for granted at all I know that anything could change at any point you know and I'm just grateful for any moment something I was thinking about the other day is I feel grateful that you know my deep passion or purpose is merged with career but, you know, it's not always that way. I definitely don't think they have to be the same thing. I, have you ever thought about that? Like how a lot of times we tie them together. Like we think. Yeah. But like I would I would definitely do this even if it weren't a career. Like if it were not yeah. a career and I weren't, wasn't making jobs for people, like I would do this. Yeah. I see that as a separate thing. Like it's a like a deep calling and connection to something whereas like I think on a larger scale I think people merge it and think like your passion or your purpose has to be your career path and so people get like really wrapped up in finding that you know and and sometimes can feel defeated when they don't really know what it is but I I think that Mm. you know passion and purpose can exist outside of that and it doesn't have to be huge it can be small things small things can make a huge impact in people's lives what do you think about that? Yeah, um, I don't think that it's kind of the same with hobbies. Like, I don't think everything that you enjoy has to be mm-hmm. a career. Like, it doesn't have to be something that you specialize in. I also think it depends on the person and the person's personality. So, you know, for take me for instance, I've I've always I've always enjoyed learning about you know GI health, and when the pandemic hit even though I, I was specializing in kidney disease and I still do kidney disease, I still specialize in it. I, you know, any kind of certification or continuing education that had anything, anything to do with GI, I was on it. So I knew that that was something I was interested in. And then once I was diagnosed with IBD, I mean, forget it. I started like opening up my computer, researching, trying to figure out all the things the day after I was diagnosed, you know, and then that's when I realized okay, this is what I need to be doing. Like, this is something that I'm very passionate about. And for me personally, this passion, for me, it, it works well with what I'm, with what I'm doing because I, I really, I feel fulfilled. And 
there have been times as a dietitian where I felt like I kind of reached a cap and like there's really no nothing else that I could do. And that's kind of when I realized, okay, this really isn't for me anymore because I kind mm-hmm. of hit that threshold. That's happened to me before in the past. And, and, you know, for, for IBD and GI, this is like, there's no threshold, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a area that continues to grow and we continue to learn. And more importantly, we all grow together for the people that are in this field and especially dietitians, you know, we have a lot of opportunity and a lot of territory to cover because there's so much that we just don't know. So, yeah, I think, you know, I guess, I guess the kind of shorten that answer, but really, um, yeah, I, I think it depends on the person. And for me, for me, Pat, something that I'm passionate about works mm-hmm. well in my career. That for me. Yeah. Well. And you know, another thing that I feel like isn't talked about is like passion or calling. It may not be like as glamorous as you think it is in your head, like as glamorous or you may even have days where you like you don't like it, you know, <laughs> like you can still have a day where you don't like something, but you still c- always come back yeah. to that fulfillment with it or connection to it where you're like, you just feel, I don't know how to describe what that, what that feeling is, but just kind of like, it's just a yes. <laughs> For me, it's just like a yes within me. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't, I cannot do anything right. different right now. <laughs> And I've not felt that many times in my life. Yeah. Like I have, you know, not everything is a, like a yes for me. There's many things that I'm like, I don't know what I feel about that. I, I just am doing it right now. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like you're uh, you're real. That's why I was laughing of like your morning routine. Cause you're like, I'm going to wear this. No, I'm going to wear that. Yeah. That's no, the majority of things this. for me. It, it, so, so when I know it's a yes, it's definitely a yes. But you know, even things like yes. the, okay, the idea of like having kids for me, the idea of having kids, I don't know. Like a lot of people feel so certain about Mm -hmm. that. And I've always felt kind of like sometimes it'll be a yes. And sometimes it'll be a, I don't know. That's like a big life shift, you know, totally. It is one of those things. Like once you make that decision, it's a forever thing. You know, it's like forever you will always yes. be a parent it is forever. it's even different than marriage There's no- like, I mean marriage ah. is forever right but but people 50% of people get divorced you know and then they start a brand new life I know and they get married again. but you'll never you'll never have that with your kid like you always will have a kid you know it's a big decision. A that's why yeah that's why for whoever you marry and you decide to have kids with be confident that you want that person in your life. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you definitely want to be confident in that. Yeah. But, w- but with that decision around, you know, kids too, it's just, you know, some people are certain about it. Some people are, are not. And, you know, for me, it's just like, I don't know. Like I have a lot of those, like, I don't know. <laughs> but, but with, with what yeah. we do every day, I mean, it's, it's a yes. Like, like, I definitely feel that. And if ever wasn't a, if it wasn't a yes someday, I, you know, maybe I would do something different. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get that. I mean, I get that some days, you know, even though you love what you do, there are some days where, it, you know, you may feel exhausted or like, this is a lot or can I just have a break, you know, to like not think about IBD because we live with it and we talk about it. But then it's like, for me, 
that break can probably last for like a couple hours and then I'm on to like talking again about it. You know, like I'm always saying something to Joey or saying something to my mom or even the doctors of like, hey, did you know about this? And it's like, like, okay, is this all I know how to well, talk about? You know, so of course it's finding the balance too. We do talk about it a lot. Like even if we're just hanging out, you know, like we'll talk about IBD. It's interesting. I mean, it's a very big conversation. Yeah. I mean, plus there's people that, you know, I, I think I may have to say this for another time, but you know, I, I was having a conversation with somebody and, oh yes, now I remember who it was. Um, and they're telling me, we're talking about, she's telling me I should have kids. And I'm basically telling her, you know, I don't, I don't know. I get a little nervous because of my colitis and, you know, I just kind of said some things and she's like, Oh, well, I had colitis. I said, you had colitis? And she said, yeah. And I took, I took antibiotics. That's what got, that's what gave me my colitis, but mm-hmm. I'm fine now. Different colitis. <laughs> and I said, okay, this is, this is different. This is ulcerative colitis. Not, not like a, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. Not infectious. And so, you know, so she's just like, oh, like, you know, I said to her, well, you know, there's Crohn's disease and the cousin of that is colitis you know uh ulcerative colitis and so she so she was saying oh yeah okay she's like but but you see it's not as bad as <laughs> see Crohn's, i told you right? i told you so, <laughs> people think that right it's no it's so insensitive when you think about <laughs> think, think about it though people think that and i'm just like yeah i'm like okay this is like a whole new discussion to talk about because obviously there, there needs to be more education on what Crohn's disease is, what's ulcerative colitis, and how they actually overlap yeah. in some situations. You know, and that's and it's not that one is easier to deal with than the other. There's no way. I mean, they're both so hard on patients. They're really hard, and they come. It comes really fast at you too. You know, so I wouldn't say that one is mm-hmm. easier than the other. And, and so many people that. are diagnosed with one, and then then there's a change and oh no it's actually Crohn's you know so it's hard to say what's what for right. a lot of times you know they're they're both hard and right. in the clarity on differentiating them is sometimes murky and so definitely not easy yeah. it's like indeterminate <laughs> you know like you know there's indeterminate right. colitis you know like I mean that happens so often it's hard to diagnose IBD to begin with and even though I was just diagnosed with UC two years ago, I have some ileal involvement. And so in my pathology report, it says, can't rule out oh, Crohn's wow. yet, you know? Yeah, that's so kind of like, like me. Oh, that's, yeah, that's like, fun. I don't have ileal involvement, but yeah, like, but the the likelihood that it's Crohn's versus UC is is high because my sister has Crohn's. Now, now we know that. My cousin had Crohn's. It's all Crohn's in the family and and my pre- the presentation of like things that I've had in the past are very much in that very much similar to more of the Crohn's patients that we have. So it is kind of, it is interesting and it's mm-hmm. it is and I want to see your I want to see your pictures of the scope like I want to see. Do you how remember they, that how one time looks. I showed you the the long time ago one? The... Yeah, I can't think of of the images though. You need to think about the images. What it like. That's why I want. <laughs> That's why I want to see it again. Have I ever showed you my images? You want to come to my colonoscopy and just like watch? I I really do actually. Like that's something I would, 
I would love to do. Like, I know Joey's going to be due for one, and I want to, and we have the same doctor. So I'm going to ask him, like, can I please just, like, see the screen from afar or can something? Can I send out invites to mine? You know? <laughs> Who wants to watch? Yeah, you should have next birthday. Oh, boy. Okay. Fun. Well, we were planning on talking a little bit about probiotics and prebiotics today, but it didn't happen. But I hope you enjoyed it nonetheless. And we'll continue our conversation next week. Maybe we'll get around to talking about that. (laughs) Thanks, guys.